Welcome to this episode of Mystics and Skeptics. Now here's your host, Sybil. Hello, fellow humans. Hope you and yours are well, wherever you are. Today we have David Kravchow. David has been an independent scholar for over 50 years, studying the Torah and other Jewish texts in their original language of Hebrew and Aramaic. David is the author of 20 books of fiction and nonfiction related to Jewish life and mystical secrets. He has spent 50 years studying Jewish mysticism and the secrets of creation through the Zohar and Kabbalah. David, welcome to Mystics and Skeptics. Thank you so much for having me, Sybil. <laughs> Well, David, you and I were talking before the recording that um, uh, this month I'm focusing on the mysticism of uh, mm-hmm. various religions. And, um, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, Jewish mysticism has always fascinated me. Kabbalah, mm-hmm. if I pronounce it correctly. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. It has always, uh, I've always found it interesting. And I'm looking forward for you educating myself and listeners on, um, on, sure. on uh, the roots sure. of it. Sure, I, I, I'll just throw something in right here that the Kabbalah is the most feminine of all the teachings because it's the most hidden. Why is it so hidden? Well, um, because the Kabbalah is the key that opens up the secret. And the secret is the Zohar. And so uh, it was kept under wraps because it's not, it, was, it hasn't been time for the Zohar to come to the world. The Zohar has had quite the journey. See, it was written 2,000 years ago by Rabbi Shimon. And, uh, but he wrote in the Zohar that what he wrote is a very long book, uh, probably like a million words. And he, he said that this is for the end of days. So, so is it, it um, apocalyptic in nature or is it... Um... Oh, no, not at all. See, the end of days doesn't mean the end of the world. It means the end of the calendar. Tell me about, I know you're very well versed on the timeline, the time concept of Kabbalah. Um, Can you just explain that to me? Because did did times begin before uh, Adam was created or at when? Oh, yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. There, There were eons and eons. They, they call it uh, the 2,000 years that God played with creation before the six days of creation, which then started the creation on planet Earth. Interesting. Okay. So those 2,000 years from the human standpoint can be understood uh, by taking 365 squared times 2,000 is uh, uh, 260 six million four hundred and fifty thousand years so that's how many years like god was playing with uh, the universe to get everything in the right place because god had a reason for creation and the reason for creation was god wanted to be known and low so everything that god created was spiritual and he came until it came to our physical world and our physical world it, it, it God took a stone from beneath the, uh, the, the what's called the throne, the throne of glory, where like where God comes down to creation, sits upon this throne. See, see, God is not physical and 
God's not spiritual, but God does these different things to try to get in, you know, with the action, see. And, and so uh, 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 that stone, that's why our world grows life everywhere. Because it's not from creation. It's special. It's a special thing from God. And one of the signs is that every few years, the moon lines up precisely with the sun to make a, 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 a solar eclipse, a, a total eclipse of the sun. Which you have you ever seen one? A long time ago, yeah. It's been a few. Yeah. Have you seen a total eclipse or just an eclipse? Just an eclipse. A total eclipse is like out of this world, because you're in that band where the the, the moon and the sun line up exactly. You can take your glasses off and look directly at the sun, because there is not one bit of light that escapes. It's something that's impossible. You know, I mean, it's a sign that, you know, God created this world. And this world is different from all the other worlds. They can look as far as they want. They're never going to find anything like this world. And, uh, uh, and so that's when the six days of creation begins. And on the sixth day, uh, the human being is created. And that starts the 6,000-year calendar, which ends in a couple of hundred years. Mm-hmm. And it's very uh, in, in, uh, in conjunct with the Mayan calendar that ended in 2012. It's 5,000 year calendar, see? And these have to do with what comes afterwards, which is called the thousand years of woman and the thousand years of peace. So that's what we're going to. And Rabbi Shimon's words were for our time. Before this, no one could make any sense of them. I mean, there's lots of brilliant things in it, and but no one understood what he was talking about. What are these worlds? And um, and it, it the manuscript didn't actually come to the earth until uh, 700 years ago, and it was like um, uh, what do they call it um, channeled by uh, a Rabbi Balshemto um, de Leon from Spain. He wrote, he wrote down the entire manuscript. And uh, one day he was away from home and he was telling someone about this great manuscript he had of the whole Zohar, that he was copying it. And he took him home, but on the way home, he, uh, he passed away. And when they got there, there wasn't any manuscript, just the one that he had written. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's how we have the, 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 the Zohar, but the Zohar was so mysterious that no one could understand it. And it took uh, maybe two, 300 years until the Arizal came. And he was a man, a young man, but his eyes were just open, he saw everything. And uh, he, he is the father of the modern Kabbalah. Kabbalah means to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why it's, it, it is the most feminine, because it just has to be received. You can't really teach it to someone. See? You got to get it. Oh. You, you know, you have to get it. You have to merit it. You have to merit that this stuff should speak to you. It's, you know, I mean, on the level that we're speaking on, we can certainly discuss it. But, on, you know, when you get into the real thing, you know, uh, people don't study it together. You study it alone. 
but do traditional Jew Jewish people do they accept Kabbalah as part of the doctrine? Some or? some do and some don't. You know, I mean, there's people of all different kinds of views, but I mean, I mean, one only has to read the Zohar and the Kabbalah to. You know, there's no question these are holy texts. These are really important books. And the Kabbalah, it uh, gave us the key to the Zohar, but only the real high people could get it. And later, uh, uh, a few hundred years later, the Baal Shem Tov started the movement of the Hasidim, and they taught this, uh, the, the knowledge of the Zohar to the simple people. And there was a lot of consternation over that, see. And, and now we're at a place where, you know, things are being printed in different languages. You can get the whole Zohar. I mean, it wasn't translated until, you know, very recently, like into, you know, in, even into Hebrew. I think the first translation was like 100 years ago into Hebrew from Aramaic, and, and no one could really understand it. And the reason that no one can understand it, there's a very simple reason and why it has to do with our time is because the Zohar in very, very exact details explains how our universe came into being. And only now when we have telescopes, can we see what the Zohar is describing. And it even goes so far as describing the outer six planets of our solar system, which, you know, we didn't know until, you know, then didn't know about Uranus, I think it's 150 years ago. I, I mean, and, and, and there's no question that uh, the Zohar is just full of knowledge. We said, why is it important in our time? Because in our time, uh, uh, you know, everyone is being taught in school that creation comes out of a big bang. And, and, they, and it's just, there's no meaning or purpose to it. And after gazillions of eons of years, life just happens. It happened here, it happens other places. That's what everyone's being taught. And this is probably the most negative, pernicious, horrible thing to teach anybody. Because basically it says that life has no meaning. Mm -hmm. And the Torah is completely the opposite. And he explains how the black hole came into being. So that's my latest book is Zohar Beyond the Black Hole, explaining how God created creation, how the black hole came into being. And all of this, I take it directly from the Zohar. I translate parts of the Zohar, which explains this exactly. And this is very important to our time to know that every one of us is connected with God and that all the stars in the sky are focused on the earth because this is where God wants to be known. We are low. Everything beyond us is spiritual and we are physical and there is nothing beneath us. We're the last stop and from here it reflects back. And God wants to have a relationship with each one of us. God is not religious. God doesn't like religion. There is no word for religion in Hebrew, Arabic, or Sanskrit. This was a Roman thing that everyone does because then they don't have to pay taxes. So, <laughs> you know, it just gives credibility to the church because then they're all one big thing. But it's just one big lie. 
You know, it doesn't tell the truth about God, who is one, not first, but one meaning in a creation of duality. God is everywhere to everybody all the time. Just if we can rewind real quick, you mentioned, yeah. you know, um, the Zohar was written, you know, probably in the 13th century, right, mm-hmm. right in Spain, mm-hmm. and but it was known about 2000 years ago, but he so did he receive so he was channeled for uh, in no, receiving. he wrote it. He was like incredibly brilliant, this man. Okay. All right. And he wrote it and he lived in two worlds. We don't know where the other world is, but he lived in two worlds and would often leave this world and go to the other world. And sometimes he would take his friends with him. And that's where the Zohar has basically been being written in this other world. So many times these guys will say, oh, I, I, I came to this world just to learn this. And some people learning the Zohar think he means he came to this physical world just to learn this one thing. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but since there was a certain amount, I'm sure, of effort to get to this world, if they learned something from Torah, they were very happy, you know. I came to this world just to learn this, it was enough. <laughs> so the, the, the Zohar truly has to speak to you. Uh, otherwise, people make things up that just are that, that are just not realistic or logical you know and the Torah is extremely logical it cannot contradict what is the um now fast forwarding back to God right (laughs) front and center um that in a Kabbalah there's a a term if you can clarify for me sephirot is that that what is that can you explain that I know it has to has something to do with the Lord if you can uh, well it 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 actually uh, the word sephirot comes from the word of uh, of, uh, of a sapphire stone. Hmm. Sapphire is very hard, and it has this very interesting greenish color in it. And it says this was the color of creation. And God created uh, with the letter Yud, which is just a dot. And But in Hebrew, every letter has a number assigned to it, and the number of Yud is 10. And this is the first letter of God's four-letter name. So that's where the ten spirot, these ten, uh, 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 you could call them, they call them midot. But a midot means like an emotion, that it's, it, it's that. It's not combined with things, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a special thing, and each one is like a stone and has a color. And, uh, and this of formation is repeated throughout creation. And we see it in the sun and the nine planets, the seven continents and the three oceans, and the nine parts uh, of the body, then plus speech from the mouth, were built in three triangles. This keeps repeating itself in different ways. And uh, so this is kind of the, I like to call it the Kabbalistic atom. Sometimes people uh, associate Kabbalah with um, the supernatural, paranormal, astrology, all this stuff. Is there any relation to that? Or is Kabbalah well, a gateway it, it, towards that type of knowledge, secret knowledge? Yes, it certainly is. And the secret knowledge is in the heavens. And where are the heavens? They're above us. And just like astronomers and, and, and uh, space cadets and all these guys, they want to get out there and see what's there. Mm-hmm. We all want to know where are we? 
And they've told us there was a big bang, we're nothing. We're just a little tiny pimple in, 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 in darkness, doesn't account for anything. That's a very, very depressing idea. <laughs> we're an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. it really scared me as a child. Really, the, the, this idea is so pernicious, it's so bad. And it's just not true because the opposite is, is true. It's not that something came out of nothing. It's nothing came out of something. Uh -huh. See, God engraved the space for creation into the name of God. Called the great name of God, the Orient Soap, the light without end. Light where there was no movement, complete quiescence, perfection. And when God engraved into it, it you know you engrave in a twisting way and that began the spiral that eventually came down to a point which became the black hole from which all the stars came out of okay. and that original dot is god's thought god it says creation went up into god's thought god made a dot out of it and in that dot everything is engraved that would happen in this world what is the um interpretation of darkness and evil right is it um i think you said dualism earlier i mean yes um, um what is the kabbalah kabbalah concept on that yes well it says something a little different god wouldn't create bad god god's not into bad yeah god creates good but once there's good automatically there's bad the when God first made creation, there was light and darkness. So the angels, they didn't know which one. <laughs> so God said, the light is good. So then darkness took on that idea. If, you know, how evil comes into the world is through the, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the freedom of choice of the human being. Because we choose certain things, therefore evil happens. For example, uh, when there was Adam and Chava, the two first human beings, they had two children, Cain and Hevel, and Cain killed his brother. A terrible thing to do. And out of that, all these bad energies, uh, sprites, and all these like spiritual bad things were created mm -hmm. and it, and became a war between good and bad because the human being did bad and created that but then other humans being did good and so it became and that's what the world is it, you know, we see it i mean it's obvious the world is full of good people and bad people the good people way out number the bad people but you know it's like having a virus you don't need a whole lot of it to get sick Right. And so there, you know, and there's a whole thing that's going on because of the calendar and because the calendar ends soon. And so all this bad energy really wants to stop progress. And we see this in what's going on in our time and how like how America has changed, where politics is just it's just a war. Right. No one's trying to get along. No one, you know. I mean, now is the time. If they can do it, they'll do it now. If they can't do it now, they'll never do it. And it has to do with holding on to the past and particularly holding on to religion. Religion is a big part of Rome and it's how they 
conquer the world and keep the world in change is through religion. And people are not into religion. They're into God, they're into spirituality, but religion has lost all its devotees. And, uh, and so everything's getting uh, expressed in our time because uh, you're talking about the tenths we wrote. So uh, the tenths we wrote are separated by three, which are the head, the two hemispheres of the brain and the third eye, corresponding to the two eyes, the two ears and the two nostrils. Mm -hmm. And then the other six are the emotions and the sixth one, which is the sixth day, which is the 6,000th year, which we're over 750 years into that time is about secret uh, and about sexuality. And that's why all these things are coming out now and being expressed now and every secret comes out. You know, for much of my life, I was worried the government was watching me. But, uh, uh, you know, but now we're watching them. They can't keep anything a secret. We know everything. Everything's coming out about science, about religion, about all the lies. You know, everything is being exposed in our time because now is the time we need to make this shift towards woman. And which means, I think, in a simple way, is women have a different agenda than men. You know, with women, they want to cure the earth. They want to see the children fed. They want, men, they want to go up into outer space, <laughs> right? And, and this is over. Man, over these 6,000 years, uh, was supposed to make himself into a good human being. And it's sort of like a courtship with woman, where now is the time where he can merge with woman. And so we really need to fix up the earth and, uh, and, and treat woman uh, as she should be treated, you know, uh, you know, she, she gives life to our planet and all peoples always had deference to women until the Romans. The Romans are very anti-woman, very anti-sex, anti-life. You know, the only reason they don't want abortions is they need more children, right? I mean, they yeah. just want more children that they can make into Christian. I mean, it's a, I, I mean, it, to me, it's not about the Christian people. People are people. People have the relationship with God. But as a religion, it, it, it's really, it's a terrible thing. And, and as a Jewish person, you know, all my life to have to suffer with this, this story, which just has no credibility whatsoever. You know, I, I mean, we've dug up all of Yerushalayim. They found stuff back to the first temple, you know, which is like you know, 3,000 years ago, never found a word about Jesus. Which means this story is just, it's just a blood libel. And it's a thing that has caused the Jewish people millions of lives, hundreds of millions of lives because of this story. And uh, so it's a very, and all this stuff is coming to forefront that everyone can see it and everyone can see what's true and what's false. And religion is not true. I mean, no one has, you know, in the ancients, nobody had religion. They didn't have a word for it. See, and now it's been co-opted by Rome and everyone's doing it. So they don't have to pay your taxes. I mean, it's a, it's a sorry state of affairs, let me tell you. Yeah. But that's why in our time, we need the Zohar to come in to show us that God created the world and God loves us. And God is very interested in every one of us 
and we're all, you know, uh, uh, important to God. And we don't always understand why. And it's not the guy in the newspaper who God is interested in. God is interested in different. And our thing is to be in relationship with the creator, which in a very simple way is prayer. So it says when God first created the world, uh, he created the human being and had all these seeds in the ground, but nothing grew because there wasn't any water. Mm -hmm. So the first thing the human being said was, I'm hungry. <laughs> so God made it rain and things grew and man could eat. Yeah. So the question is, so why didn't God, God do that first? Because God wanted to teach man that I want to have a relationship with you. When you need something, ask me. And every human being is part of that story. When you need something, ask the creator. And the creator is nothing in spiritual. There's no spiritual entity or anything. God created it all. God's beyond it all. That's why God can be everywhere all the time to everybody. This is what it means. One God. Yeah. The same God's with you, with me, and loves us both, and is helping us both. Both is concerned about our lives and you know and uh and and when we're in that place it'll be easier to understand that now is the time to make way for woman and let woman tell us what she needs and that's what we will do because in the end men are supposed to be to service of women it's another thing rome got very wrong that women are supposed to satisfy uh, men. It's the opposite, that men are supposed to satisfy women. And in Jewish law, a man's not allowed to be with his own wife unless she wants. Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing than what Rome has made throughout the world, and, you know, by calling the stars Roman, you know, the planets by Roman gods. And everywhere you look, the calendar, you know, and, and that's what's ending in our time. And that's what my book is trying to expose, uh, Zohar Beyond the Black Hole. Mm -hmm. And Hole is not written H-O-L-E, but H, but W-H-O-L-E. <laughs> because that hole is, is, is complete, it's full of everything that's gonna come into the world. Um, what does um, the Zohar say, you mentioned at, uh, at the end of time or end of the calendar, what happens yeah. then and what happens beyond after that? Yes, yes, there actually is. And um, it says that Torah begins with the letter bet because this is the second creation. The first creation was on the planet Mars. And we're the second and probably the third will be on Jupiter or one of the moons of Jupiter. But it says after the thousand years of woman, we will be able to as one human soul go to another planet and bit by bit, we're making our solar system to come alive. And so we're very important to the whole plan, every human being. And so, you know, when they were building the Tower of Babel, which is a real thing, and they did build it up into space and, it's a, and, and God had to stop them. And it says that if a brick fell, everyone stopped and mourned. But if a person fell, no one even took a break. That's where we're at, you know. 
that the system wants to make something, wants to big, make a big name for itself in the universe. That's not what it's about. It's not what creation is about. It's not what all these generations before us are about. It's about having a relationship with the creator on the lowest level. And we are the lowest of human beings because each generation is lower. There's no one lower than us. And, that, and you can see it in the way and the kind of things that people believe in and, and, and what they do. And a lot of this stems from the big bang, from this sense that life really just has no meaning. And all you can do is pray to some spiritual entity, which is, you know, ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous, but it's kind of, it's pathetic, you know? I mean, we're much smarter than we have all this knowledge from ancient times, but you know, it's all like about money and about power. And so that's why it's very important for this knowledge to get out into the world, the knowledge of the Zohar. Like really, I, I believe until my book, nobody has been able to understand what the Zohar is about and why it's for our time. No one can understand it. No one's been able to understand it for 2000 years. How suddenly can be for our time? That's what my book shows. And God is very cool the way God does stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. What happens after we die? What happens to our soul? Oh, the main thing that happens after we die is we stop thinking. We can still see, we can hear, we can smell. Maybe we can even speak, but we can't think. See? And so there's no way to justify our actions. We have to see it all. And that's the worst part of death is the embarrassment for how, for the things the person did wrong in their lives that they didn't fix while, while they were alive, they're embarrassed by them and they have to wear them as clothing in the next world, which is where we go. But that is the main thing that changes is that we cannot think. And, and we're very, we're clothed in who we are. We cannot change who we are. And the soul waits perhaps to come down again. Uh, you, know, you know, in our time, new souls are being born. And I believe these are the autistic, that they are, because uh, they just don't have any idea what's going on. They've never been here before. Mm -hmm. But most people have been here many times before and trying to work out our different things and, you know, trying to be good before God. You know, it's a very simple thing. You don't need religion. You don't need any of this. You don't need someone praying for you or, you know, sprinkling water on you or whatever people do. You don't need it. You just need to talk to God. God does not like religion. Heaven doesn't like religion. You can't bring religion into heaven. They ain't going to take it. <laughs> you know, this is a world con con uh, concept. Organized. Yeah. Going back to it, it also touches on another uh, one of your books is, um, yeah. you know, the Kabbalah, you know, there's, it's also associated with, um, I think I mentioned astrology and what have you, but yes. like amulets, you know, protection, uh, yeah, yeah. doing the tarot. I think you wrote a book about, and, and I think yes. you, you also practice yeah. tarot. Can you just explain all of how that relates to Kabbalah? Well, it, it, um, this stuff is very deep. There are people who have very deep knowledge of this and can effectuate, um, uh, things in the physical world. The most famous of these is the Vilnagon. No, not the Vilnagon. The, uh, no, I can't remember him. Uh, I can't remember his name. Maybe I'll remember it. But he built uh, the, the golem. You ever heard of the golem? 
sounds familiar. Doesn't no, this is where Shelly uh, got her uh, story for Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Because in Czechoslovakia, during this time, about 500 years ago, um, uh, that they're, uh, they, they were having all these blood libels that they would, you know, a Christian child would die, they'd put it in the yard of a Jewish person and say, oh, they were using the blood to make matzah. And then they'd mm. get everyone enraged and they'd go and kill all the Jews. So it got so bad that the uh, Maharala Prague, a very great man, big Kabbalist, right? He went out into the forest and he made a person out of uh, dirt. And he put him alive by uh, engraving in his forehead the word Emmet, which means truth. And he, he was a regular human being, but he couldn't speak. And have uh, you ever seen the Disney, uh, uh, you know, famous cartoon, uh, what's it called, you know, with all the operas, not the operas, the symphonies and stuff, 50s. Uh, oh, it's, it had the dinosaurs and all these different things. A anyways, it, it, it doesn't matter. But um, uh, so he, he had this guy and he would protect the Jewish people. Huh. And it says when he finally, you know, I, I guess had to be put down, so he just uh, erased one of the letters which left met, which meant dead. And so these guys were able to do these things and to write an amulet. I, I, I knew someone who grew up in, in, in France and had warts and took him to one of these people and wrote an amulet and the warts fell off. So people, this stuff is true that people can do it. But, but people who actually have power of Kabbalah I, I, you know, you, you, you'll never know them because they wouldn't dare use it. Yeah. And people try, they try to figure shit out and try to do stuff, have ceremony in this. They're, they're not even close. The people who know, know, and that's fine. No, no one else needs to know this stuff. Right. I mean, it's bad enough with what we know. Um, you know, when someone once asked one of these big people, like, why don't you stop cancer? He said, why? God's just going to make something else. I mean, God wants to take us out. Some people get taken out by this, taken out by that. I mean, if it's time to go, you leave. Yeah. You know, yeah. I tell you, the biggest, I mean, dying hurts, but death doesn't hurt. And the biggest thing that we have to worry about is embarrassment. And when God gives us a long sickness, it's really a time to really think about our lives and repent for things we did, you know. That's about all you can do when you're sick, you know. <laughs> you know, and if you die, you die. I mean, we're all gonna gonna die, yeah. you know. And it's not a terrible thing. It, it, it's a, it's like respite after life. It's like going to sleep and being able, and and then of course, you know, we we have the uh, uh, you know the prophecy that the dead will rise because there's a little bone in the person that is a seed that will grow a new human being. And that will happen in, in the, uh, in, in the 7,000th year. Mm -hmm. Before we get there, people are gonna start growing out of the earth, great people. And they'll have impervious bodies. God can do whatever. See, see science wants to keep us in this logic. Only this could happen, right? But their logic is not logical. And the truth is that God can do whatever. I mean, God wants all the dead to live again. They're going to live again. Who's going to say no? I mean, God can do anything. 
I mean, God's the creator, creates moment by moment. I mean, we really see religion has really, uh, uh, I can't think of the word I want, but, you know, given a lot of negative shade to God. By making God spiritual, by thinking, you know, God wants this. I, I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous, but people are so lost because the knowledge has been withheld that they don't know what to do. And people really have a sense they want to connect with God. We all feel we have a creator. We felt that since we could first think. You know, yeah. you know, what's going on here? What, you know, and they give us all these bullshit things to believe in. But, you know, people believe in what they don't know. The main thing is to know God. And you know God by having a relationship, by telling God, you know, I'm having a hard time. I really need some help. And see what God does. <laughs> sometimes God says no. And sometimes that's the right answer. Because maybe what we wanted wasn't the best for us. And, you know, we have to be able to accept the no. And, but, you know, but, you know but, but we know that God is here. God sees it. So if God is naughty and saying, yeah, that's the way I want it to be, then that's what we're going to be. Yeah. I mean, God's our compass, right? Yeah. Keep focus on him. The rest is all noise. Yeah. But that's noise. Thing. I mean, we, yeah. yeah, we should we should wean ourselves from calling God him. Because also it's a very kind of, God doesn't have a gender. God doesn't have a religion. God can't be cut into two. God is God. Yes. So to call God him or her or them or, or spiritual, any of these things, it's just, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a disgrace to God. People are trying to say something really good and it's like a disgrace. I mean, you compare God to something in creation. God created creation. There's so much more than our creation, physical and spiritual. But we're all, you know, we were so egotistic. We think this is all it is. God must be the highest spirit. I mean, it's ridiculous. And Jews know it's ridiculous. And Muslims know it's ridiculous. We're the two uh, uh, um, Semitic people. We both have a prophecy. And our prophecies both indicate that God is not physical or spiritual. Mm. You know, yeah. if you brought it down to our prophecies, the Torah and the Quran, there would be no war between the Arabs and the Jews. So why is there wars between the Arabs and the Jews? <laughs> My entire Rome. life, that's all I've known. <laughs> Rome, Rome did, did this. Rome, up until the First World War, uh, Israel was ruled by the Ottoman Empire, basically by Turkey. And it worked pretty well. But Rome wanted the, uh, the oil. So they made uh, uh, the First World War and they suckered Turkey in because Turkey had made a secret uh, alliance with Germany. So by attacking Germany, they brought uh, Turkey then into the war and then they kept the war going long enough that they could get the Middle East. Once they got the Middle East, they cut it up into different uh, people who supported them they could work with and their idea was basically to take all their oil which they did up until like the 60s when finally the Arabs said we had enough of this and made an oil embargo and and just uh, I mean but the whole thing was to control the oil control the Middle East they couldn't care about the Jews or the Muslims they want to keep them enemies because the more you keep them to be enemies, the more easier it is to have control over them. And they use the Palestinians to do that. 
Palestinians are not Arabs, they're not Jews. They were there before, before anyone. They were there before uh, Avraham was there. And their land is the Sinai. That's what their state should be. That was always their land in ancient times. It's their land. They fought wars against Egypt. And they give them the Sinai. It has more light than anywhere in the world. I'm sure they can make a wonderful country there. I mean, if we wanted to, we could just make all this work. But because Rome is in charge and they want money and they want power, so they're going to keep doing things that, uh, that nobody wants, but they're in power. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Very sad. You know, um, I think you, you're uh, you're in Jerusalem, correct? Right now, yes. I think. Yeah, yes. I mean, the city of God. It's kind of yes. uh, it's kind of embarrassing to God. We kind of undermine God, right, by all this bickering and pettiness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, uh, Jerusalem is not supposed to be a political place. And this is where the Knesset is. This is where all the politics is. You know, that's why David became king because he wasn't a politician. And eventually Mashiach will come and he will be king over the Jews and we won't have politics anymore. But, you know, all this stuff has to be done so that the whole world can know who God is. See, that's what this whole thing is about because everyone's like kind of shuffling around in the dark. But more and more, more knowledge gets out and more understanding gets out. And the more we can sort of see things really happening, like I, I think the downfall of people like Trump and Putin are one of the signs that we that the male energy is really ending all this really bad energy and that, he, you know, men together with women, we all want something new and we'd be happy to support women. I mean, men are really very uh, uh, woman uh, friendly. I mean, there are men who haven't got it yet, <laughs> but in general, men really are. And, you know, uh, and it can really, you know, we can really work together and do something beautiful, but we have to understand that we're doing, you know, it's like the woman is giving birth, you know, you do what she needs. Right. You don't care what the man needs. You, you do what she needs. And that's kind of where we're at. And we're, we're birthing like a new uh, paradigm that, uh, that and then and it fits in right into the 10 road because the, the head, we only have seven days of the week, not 10, because the head, there's certain things the head didn't break. It's all about the, the emotions. And, and each one is a thousand years. And the last one is the mouth is speaking, which is woman. It's not male or feminine. The mouth is woman. And that's when we express who we are. And so it's sort of like, you know, if you look at it in that way, you can look at it as sort of like a love between man and woman, which gone through many, many sort of iterations and different things. And now we're coming to the real climax of that of who we are as man, and we want to be a good man to our woman. We want to be a virile man. We want to be a considerate man. And much of this stuff is being lost in the world. The sperm count of men is way down. Uh, there's all sorts of sexual problems in the world because of this idea, you know, kind of the big bang, you know, this is your opportunity to get as much as you can and forget about everybody else, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, 
I don't know, me and people like me are trying to tell the truth so that people have an alternative. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no alternative. But when you say that there's an alternative to the Big Bang that actually was nothing that came out of something, that makes a lot more sense sense and this is what the Zohar describes and that's why it's important for our time and that's why I wrote my book Zohar above uh, beyond the black hole uh, before we wrap up I just wanted to circle back on um, sure. uh, on your book and you know your practice you know in tarot and Kabbalistic tarot I believe the title um, of your book yeah. Um, yeah how do you how does that work exactly are, are, are you, yes. do you channel uh, no okay no uh, the tarot are conformed according to the Esser Spheros, the ten, these 10 Spheros. And it also includes will and pleasure, which is the crown around them. And when people take the cards randomly, that allows them an opportunity for their soul to speak to them. And so when I was reading tarot cards, that's what I would do. I would, you know, I'd help them understand the message. But tarot, if you read it backwards, is Torah. See, and these are the cards they use, they devise when the, the Greeks 2,400 years ago were in Israel and made proclamations we couldn't study Torah anymore because they were trying to Hellenize people. And so we came out the next day, that's why we play with the dreidel on Hanukkah, is to remind ourselves of the story that when uh, they did this, so Jews, they devised a way with cards and numbers to continue studying and convince the Greeks that they were uh, uh, gambling. We can't study, we'll gamble. We're just playing cards. And so <laughs> like the Africans were just drumming, but actually they're talking to one another. Yeah. So this was a language and they took it back with them to Europe and that's how it became for divination because they are holy, they are representative of the 10 Spirod, but not for divination. I, I, I would never do that. I would never yeah. predict the future. The soul would never predict the future. Just the soul wants to give us some insight into ourselves. So that, no, that's, that's what I did. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't feel I ever hurt anyone or I just feel like I help people. And uh, So, you, you know, there's a lot of, uh, in the U.S., in particular, major cities, there's a lot of Kabbalah, Kabbalah centers, you know. Yeah. Um, remember a decade or so ago, there was like yeah. celebrities were um, yeah. subscribing to Kabbalah. What yeah. is... Um, so can anybody be a Kabbalist or study Kabbalah or get Any, Jewish listen, or yeah. anyone? Yeah. You don't have to be Jewish to study it. Anyone can study it. I really tried to write, read my, write my book so that anybody could understand that without any previous knowledge. It's knowledge of God and God, you know, there, there's nothing in there that's going to harm you or, you know, I, I mean, it's just this really beautiful, Beautiful knowledge. But the thing is, with Kabbalah and Zohar, you really have to have a knowledge of the Torah. And uh, the Torah, see, the Jewish people, we read the Torah every year, just like the Muslim people read the Quran every year. See? And I've read the Torah for 50 years and I continue reading it. And only because I know the Torah that, that, that the Zohar makes sense to me. Now, otherwise, it doesn't really make any sense, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, if a person is, I mean, the, but, but, you know, I've tried to write books so people can understand the knowledge that's in it. Because, you know, it really takes a, a devotion if you really want to know this stuff. But nonetheless, the people who all have that drive, 
you know, we write books so that people can know the knowledge without having to, you know, spend all the years delving into it. And, and certain basic concepts that just, you know, people have just been fooled about. And uh, people are going to have to start opening their eyes because the people who taught us this stuff are destroying the world. And uh, I think it's time to really start questioning, you know, uh, right from the very beginning, the Big Bang, evolution, none of this stuff makes any sense. And the only reason people accept it is there's no alternative. And I have written an alternative. And, and it explains all the facts, the dinosaurs, the whole thing is explained. And, uh, and when you have an alternative, the alternative is very positive. So, uh, and that's the kind of the choice that we have to make in life. Do, are, are we pessimistic or are we optimistic? <laughs> that's right? right. And, and the optimist understands that, you know, I, everything's going to be all right. God is here. And, and, that, and the pessimist, I'm out here by myself. I have to take care of myself. I can be as bad as I want because I got to survive. And these are these two sides, and, and that side has gotten way too much of the narrative, because the other side, you know, the, and particularly, you know, the rabbis have hidden this knowledge till today, you know, they, they, they hide this knowledge, but, uh, you know, this knowledge is like grass, even if you pave over it, the grass is just going to eat the pavement up, uh -huh. you can't stop it. Well, this has been really helpful. Just uh, last question about you. I, I, I believe you you were born and raised Jewish, but what drew yeah. you towards uh, Kabbalah? What I'll tell you the truth. The thing that drew me, because I was really looking for a path in life, you know, it was in the 60s and there was just so much going on. And I, I, I think it was really the sexuality in the teachings, which really made me feel this is true. Uh, I mean, everything is duality, everything uh -huh, is male and female, mm -hmm. and, and there's all, all these uh, metaphors in the Kabbalah of female waters rising and male waters being drawn down, because we are human beings like this, because we are in the uh, image of what is above us, and things above us, they work like that, and so as a human being, that's why we work like that. And it's a and and God loves people to be sexual. There's no kind of thing to be ashamed of. God loves people to be sexual. That's why we all tend to invoke God's name while having sex because God, they, they, it's a kind of pleasure that is revisiting the original androgyny adro, that we had as the first human being, male and female. And that's what you kind of experience. That's why it's like not any kind of other pleasure in the world. That's the only way we can experience that. And God is so beautiful, gives us so much wonderful things and really doesn't ask a lot of us, but the world is a pretty densely dark place and there's a lot of hurt in this world and it shouldn't be like this. And if we understood what life is about, we wouldn't let other human beings suffer like this, you know, so you can make a dollar. Not yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's an absurdity. The human being is worth so much more than, you know, you put the human being in jail, you feed him, you clothe him. But when he's out, you know, he has nothing. No one cares about him. I mean, you know, because then he's a consumer, you know, 
and he can tax the tax people to, I, I mean, the system is just wrong. It has to end and we're all trying to do our parts. You know, you're doing your part in making this knowledge available to people and I'm doing my part in my study and my writing and, you know, and together, all of us together is gonna to be enough to, 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 to end this and that we can go into the thousand years of woman, you know, really feeling proud of who we are as men and who we are as women and how we've come to love one another and help one another and uh, Rome is over. This has been very illuminating, uh, David. Thank you so much. So if listeners want to get, uh, get a hold of your books, they want to read your books, mm -hmm. uh, especially the latest one, right? Zohar, Beyond mm -hmm. the Black Hole, or if they want to contact you, avail you of service, uh, avail mm -hmm. services, how can they do that? Uh, I, I have a website called davidhouse.com. That's my oh. publishing house, publishing my books. David House Publishing. And uh, I'd be happy uh, to interface with, with anyone. I mean, I'm just, you know, at this age in life, I'm 77. All I want is to get my work out into the world. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, God I, bless I, you. I, yeah. I have no other need in the world. I, that, that's what I need. Because I think, you know, I think my work is really important. And it's very hard to get people to read this stuff that uh, is kind of... Uh, challenges that the, the you know you know their beliefs and stuff mm -hmm. so anyways this <laughs> is and thank you for doing this for having me on and uh, giving me a chance to explain these things thank you for sharing your wisdom everyone that was david craftshaw and for our listeners thank you for listening to mystics and skeptics never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and stay in peace, everyone.